Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety podcast. I just want to say thank you at the beginning for following me on Instagram over at Owning It Podcast, where I've created a new page where I will hopefully be able to share lots of helpful ancillary content to the podcast, like tips, clips, different explainers, and topics and discussions around upcoming episodes. So do join me over there if you are on social media. My guest this week, I have just recorded with her. Her name is Nav Sohan Paul. She's a mindset coach. She's just an incredible woman. Having been raised in a Sikh community in a, with a Sikh background, but living in Windsor, Nav shares with me her really inspiring story about living one way when you're meant to be living another way. So the expectations of her community, the, the perception, the outward measures of success that were placed upon her that just did not align with how she felt or what she believed or what she needed in her life and how incredibly tough that was and the anxiety that had to manifest and had to come to the fore in order to get her onto the path that she needed to be on. So she shares her story of that and now these days she's working as a mindset coach. I will include the links in the podcast description in the episode notes to follow Nav and connect with her if that's what you want to do. I really hope you find this helpful I think it's particularly relevant for people who are struggling with anxiety and really finding it hard to articulate that to their family or their friends or anyone in their life who doesn't quite understand and that can be another layer of anxiety on top of what you're already dealing with and it can be such a source of stress so do enjoy this episode and thank you as always for tuning in Nav, thank you so much for joining me on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. Your story to me is is fascinating, so inspiring. You've been through a lot and you really did experience the full weight of anxiety for a period of time in your, in your mid-20s, right around the time that it all came to a head for me as well. So I want to hear your story and then your background. And then I want to get to the part where now you're a really successful mindset coach, helping <laughs> women in particular navigate their careers. And you've really turned everything around so much that I don't doubt that this will be really encouraging for people listening. So let's go back to the very beginning, shall we? Can you give me some insight into your upbringing in the Sea community? Sure. Yep. So I was brought up in Windsor here with my parents and also my two older sisters. So I'm the youngest of three girls. Um, there's actually a bit of an age gap between us, which became a very influential factor I think in just my development as well and just kind of seeing how they were evolving um, as women so I think something that's just really important to know is that for as long as I can remember especially coming from a South Asian background something that was really embedded just into my way of thinking was essentially just a list of to-dos and don'ts there was almost like this guide on what really made up especially as a woman what made up a really respectful woman and this concept of respect was just really really vital and important in our community and it still is to this day a lot of what we do you know everything that we do just within the south asian community is based on respect so we were brought up from a very young age with things you know that were looked as more agile qualities and then the things that you probably you know should deter from so a lot of things were almost you know you're almost living within these parameters if that makes sense of just kind of like what's acceptable and what's not so you're, you're living within these parameters but you're in Windsor where 
the rest of the world around you isn't living within these parameters. Exactly. I definitely had this exposure to two different cultures. Um, There was a culture that I had at home. This is a culture where from a young age, you're just taught, you know, you don't talk back to certain people. You don't challenge um, elders. A really big thing is, you know, you know when to stay quiet. That's a really, really big one. And as women, you're already facing the pressure to stay quiet in in society. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And it was definitely more targeted to women as well. You know, knowing when to stay quiet, let the man speak. Also just things like, yeah, embracing your, your culture, your religion, a huge thing is around education that's high, you know, valued very, very highly in our community. There's been some progress like in that area already, but definitely when I was growing up, it was very much the traditional vocational route was what was very much advocated. So not a blogger then? <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely. I'll definitely get into this now because, you know, um, I'll get into that later, sorry. Yeah, because obviously making that change, like I've done a 180. Um, so I think it was just definitely, uh, you know, a shock to a lot of people around me. But yeah, growing up, something that I look back at now and I realise is that a lot of that time where you can, you know, just experiment, be curious. A lot of that was capped. We didn't have that growing up. And I realized just how important that is, especially as a young woman, when it comes to just forming and establishing your identity, right? Because a lot of that was already ascribed for me. It was already done for me. Like I knew I've got to go, you know, I've got to kind of study a certain subject. I've got to go into a certain field. And then it's, you know, even just with your life partner, just making sure that you're bringing back someone that is kind of like, considered on the same level and come from a reptile family and all of this comes down to perception it's a huge huge thing it's all about how we're being perceived to others in the community knowing that we're upholding our name in society as well and that's a really big thing and something that I probably say this on a daily basis but women especially feel this need to uphold their family's name and honor in society on a much larger scale um, than men so as a result you know we don't take certain risks you know, we just stay very much within the lines. Do you remember being okay with that to a certain point? Like, were you happy to go along with the do's and don'ts that were expected of you in your community? So this is the thing. I don't think I ever have been. I just knew I had to do it, um, which is like, I always think, you know, how come I've kind of gone on this different trajectory compared to my sisters? I think it is because I have never been okay with it from a young age. Like I absolutely adore my culture I'm so proud and to kind of come from the community that I come from there's so many things you know like there's so many different ways that it's just shaped me into who I am but there are certain things where I just think we need to evolve and just have greater awareness um, around certain topics but no I don't think I was like I always knew from a young age like I was someone that's actually very creative I was really into the art so I was that kid that had like a different hobby like every single day after school I was part of the drama club I did kickboxing singing violin so I was very much into a but I kind of always knew at the back of my mind this is never going to flow into my career it's just a bit of a hobby on the side as a kid exactly exactly so you're living in this permanent state of conflict then yourself where you're being curious about what you're seeing in in western culture being able to be creative and, and experiment and try different things and consider different options but you're in a household and growing up in the background that's really wants you to go down one path how early or do you remember at that time even as a teenager that kind of tension that you're living with has to create some sort of anxiety do you remember feeling anxious at that time long before it all really came crashing down on you I'd probably say the first time I really felt it was when I was 18 because that was when you're making a really big decision and that is you're ultimately choosing right what is it I'm going to study I'm going to go to university And so for me, I didn't have that much autonomy in what I was going to do. Even with the subjects I was studying at school, a lot of them already, you know, it was, I was told, okay, right, basically have these as your staples and just choose kind of like whatever else you want, but you need to have certain subjects because that's what they believe was going to open up so many doors for me and just allow me to be really successful. So when it came to this point where, you know, slowly, slowly, your options have just become more and more narrow. Yeah. And you see your whole life stretching out in front of you. Exactly. So then when it came to it, I couldn't choose what I wanted to do because 
there was no way that I could prove to everyone around me, okay, if I take this route that's a little bit off track from what we're used to, I couldn't provide that 100% guarantee of I'm going to be successful. To everyone else, it just didn't resonate. They needed that thing, which was just like, look, everyone else has done this. We get compared a lot, which is a really big thing. There's a lot of comparisons being made to other people. Always just putting what other people are going to think right at the forefront of my mind rather than just connecting with what it is that I wanted to do. So it's probably when I was 18 years old and I had to make a decision about what am I going to study? And how did it feel? How did, how did the anxiety kind of let you know that it was there bubbling under the surface? It was this thing where I started to shut myself away. That's what it was. It was probably more physical mm-hmm. where I just kind of isolated myself a lot. And then when I actually, because I ended up studying law, I went to Portsmouth University. So I was a little bit far away, but not too far. And that is when it really came to a hit. So that's when things like my eating, that was a really big thing that got impacted. Um, I... I wouldn't know if I would say that it was like just because I never got it like medically confirmed but I started doing a lot of like restrictive eating if that makes sense I became really obsessive with fitness because when I was exercising and I was just blasting out my music it just helped me to shut away from everything else it was my one space where I could just be you were taking control in areas that you had the power to take control of with what you eat and how you move your body when so many other elements of your life were kind of out of your hands so that's That's probably a coping mechanism that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it was in a space where I was just like everything else is kind of being dictated for me this was the one thing which I just had complete control of um you know and it took me down this path which was just again very isolating the thing is is that I've always been able to keep up appearances this is something that I've just been conditioned and taught from a young age so no one really saw what was going on um no one was able to pick up on it and you know I kind of just went through the motions I made it through the three years I did a master's afterwards and I was just going through because what started to happen was that as I started to just kind of tick off these boxes, this weird balance shift comes where you're also starting to get this praise from those around you. So as I'm starting to see, you know, those around me, um, just like extended members of family, they're being like, oh, you know, she's doing so well. I mean, her parents must be so proud. I got myself this great job. I was in a relationship with someone that kind of came from very similar backgrounds and it was very reputable. So it looked like I was just ticking things off and I was just kind of heading off in this right way. So I just started to do that. You also start to get this high. And I talk about this a lot, this high that comes with acceptance, like acceptance is so praised and you're just, you start realizing, oh yeah, you know, like I am doing really well, like I am doing good. And it helps you just to push down all that I was feeling inside because I was just, surviving off of this fuel that I was getting from the acceptance mm. and then what that started to do was that it just fueled me to just keep working and working and working harder in every single element of my life and then that's literally where everything blew up how did it blow up how did it manifest and do you remember a point when everything physically your body just said like we can't do this anymore yep so I remember it so clearly so it was one evening so I was working in London um you know it, it was a normally working quite long hours so it's probably around 8 8 30 in the evening and I'm sat there on my desk and I just remember feeling I'm really aware of my heart rate and this is such a weird thing because I think that's like that's something I never ever paid attention to and I was just like whoa like it's getting faster and faster thinking okay maybe I'm just feeling warm or whatever you know maybe I just need to get some fresh air so I'm just walking around the office because we were quite high up so it's going to take me a little while just to get outside and in the space of 30 seconds my breathing was impacted I was I felt like I was struggling to catch my breath I was so warm I was like sweating and it was this in my mind it was oh my god something bad's going to happen to me something bad is happening right now and it's everything just started to slow down and I remember running to the ladies and I was just there looking at myself in the mirror and I was like you look fine you look fine it was all on the inside that was feeling a certain way and I just shut myself into the cubicle and then I was like okay this just isn't getting any better because I was very conscious of anyone else because lots of people were working you know till late so I knew people were going to be coming into the bathroom and I was like oh my god I can't let anyone see me and there's this is such a big thing that I that remained with me I can't let anyone see me I can't anyone see what's happening but luckily so I was like right this is just getting worse I need to go outside because I just feel like I'm gonna faint that's what the feeling was 
And luckily I had, I remember this because I had one friend in there that I was really, really close to. And I go to him, can you feel my heart? I literally, that's how scared I was. Can you feel my heart? He was like, yeah, it's quick. It is really fast. I was like, okay, I just need to get outside. And honestly, it was just getting worse and worse. I barely made it outside. And I, when I did, I didn't even care about finding anywhere to sit. I remember just sitting on the floor. So I was just sat on the floor outside. And we, you know, this is a really, really buzzing street. There's lots of bars, there's restaurants. So everyone is just there kind of just getting on with their evening. And I was just sat there and I was struggling to breathe. That's all I remember. I can't catch my breath. I feel so scared. I'm so alone. I don't know what's going on. And you start thinking worst case scenario because I had no idea what this was. And it took me a good 30 minutes before I felt like, okay, I think whatever that is has passed. And I was so drained. At what point or how long was it before you were like, I think I know what this is, but I can only imagine for you, the fear of admitting that vulnerability was just through the roof. Yeah. So this is something that's really important to know is that growing up, we did not speak about mental health. When this first happened, I was just like, okay, I don't know what that was, but it's just gone. And it came back again two days later. And then it started happening every day. And I didn't know what it was because when you start Googling, which I'm just like to anyone that's listening, try your hardest not to do it because it just, the symptoms are so kind of like, they overlap with so many other different things. Um, So I was really just like, maybe because I'm asthmatic. So I was like, maybe it's that, I don't know what it is, but it's not until they were happening every single day for a good, I would say six months. Wow. You lived through that for six months every day with that level of of panic. That is so tough. Six months. And I called up and it was only because I remember being at the printing area and I was printing something and I saw this thing and it was just like, are you feeling a certain way? Um, And I was resonating with this flyer. And then it was just like, call up this mental hotline. And there was so much resistance because I was like, this isn't a mental health thing. Like, I don't have anything with this because again, these are the topics that have a massive stigma attached to them within mm. our culture. And you have this thing of just being like, I don't want to be associated with this, right? Because if I'm associated with this, I'm then not fulfilling and upholding this image. Um, and it's going to really have a knock-on impact on my respectability. So there was that going on. And it's so, when I look back, I'm just like, oh my God, you wouldn't have had to go through half the stuff that you did if you just accepted it for what it was. But how could you? I mean, you've grown up, not having any awareness of it and also the price you'd have to pay for asking for help or admitting it like what started as anxiety about going down a path that wasn't serving you well suddenly comes becomes this monster of like well I can't even admit this to myself let alone anyone in my family because you're it's drilled into you to be so focused on perception and never letting the side down never letting any perceived weakness come to the fore. So that gives anxiety a whole other set of, of arms and legs to, to run riot with you. hundred percent. That's exactly what it was. And it actually took me a couple of appointments with different doctors because when they first said, you know, we think you're having panic attacks, you've got an anxiety disorder. Again, oh, that yeah. word, yeah. which I was just like, oh, like I just don't like that word being used because it just makes you feel like there's something wrong with you and it isn't. No, it makes you feel like you're going to be stuck that way forever. And like, this is just something fundamentally in your brain that's gone wrong. Whereas I think from what you're saying for you, it was very much a a case of circumstance and environment and all these different things that were giving your body this sense of threat and not that there was anything wrong with you at all. Mm, There isn't, there isn't, you know, when you're going through these things like with mental health, like we, it's such a common thing to say, but you know, if you had a broken arm, you wouldn't just leave it. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that you're now considered and looked at differently you want it's the same thing with your mental health exactly the same thing it's just because it's not tangible and you can't necessarily explain it and you feel like your mental health is you because you are your mind like you are your mental health yeah it, it can take over when that is out of balance and out of sync it completely takes over everything because of, of course you know like you are as only good as your mindset and that's something that I didn't realize until I went on this whole journey I thought I completely looked at it as something separate I was like there's me And then there's whatever this is. So it's when I started to understand that this is all part of the same thing. This is part of me. It's very much within me. That's when I kind of started to make peace with it. But it took me a good six months and different doctors. It was so interesting. I didn't believe them. I was like, no, I think they're just being, you know, they're just being really generic about this. Maybe I'm just ticking off certain, like, you know, certain things I'm saying are just ticking off certain um, 
certain requirements for a condition or something and that's literally how it was for me and it's only when they were just when it's like getting worse and worse when I was having multiple a day that's when I really was like because what would be happening is I could be sat at my desk and then I would feel this sense and I knew it was coming so then I would just make my way downstairs I'd go to this park opposite and I would sit there for 40 minutes just having a panic attack oh my god and then I'd come back to my desk and I would just act like everything was fine. So I'd be like cracking jokes. I'd be doing my work. I'd carry on to the evening. Then I'd do my commute home, which was just like over an hour. And it's just, it was such, a, it was not sustainable. And that's what I started to realize. Um, the thing is, the problem is when there's a bit of that high performing anxiety going on. So when it wasn't impacting everything else, there was no need for me to respond. And that's what it was. It's only when stuff really started to flow in. So when I started to realize it was happening when I was out and about with friends and the scariest one was when it was happening when I was exercising because again the exercise was still a very core part of my release so it was still happening you know um and I remember because swimming was something that I really just loved doing and I remember not swimming and I started having a panic attack and it just kept happening in every different element of my life and that's when I started to understand no this is something that is not going away anytime soon what do you think the anxiety was trying to communicate with you because it's always trying to send you a message of some kind. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, it was telling me the way that you're living is not aligned with who you are. Like, that's what it was. I always had this thing, like I knew who I was. I kind of knew the things that I was into. I knew what my own definition of like happiness and success all looked like, but it got, you know, completely displaced by something else. And that's what the anxiety was telling me. It was telling me this is not sustainable. Yeah. So you've you've gone to a few different doctors. You've it's gotten to the point where it's several times a day. It's happening in, in social situations. At that point, had you broached the subject with your family? So whenever I used to, because obviously the panic attacks were happening when I was at home. And what I used to do was I would just go to my room. The one thing that really started happening was my emotions were really heightened. And that's something I'd never experienced before. We were taught very much, you know, with emotions and stuff, you kind of just deal with that privately. You don't let it be shown. Um, and that's, so that's exactly what I did. So when I was at home, I remember there was one evening where it was just so bad because I just couldn't, I just couldn't control the anxiety. And I was crying um, and I was sat on the floor by my bed and my elder sister who was over at the time she came in and I wasn't expecting her to be awake but she came in and she saw me and she was just like what is going on and I was trying to explain it to her you know I have these certain moments in my day where I just start feeling really overwhelmed I feel like something bad's gonna happen to me um you know and I was trying to explain it to her and she just consoled me which sometimes is all you need it's the biggest thing you know like I think something's really important is we can't be looking at other people to try and make us like you know sometimes we look at other people to make us feel better and it's not that it's like I just needed someone to listen it was the first time just kind of like getting that off my chest that's a big moment to to be able to share that with someone huge huge and um, especially with someone in the family as well that then knows what you're going through because it felt like my secret I felt like I had this other thing that was going on that was like this weakness and it was like my dirty secret that's what I always say that's what it was and it was so it felt you know I was very vulnerable like kind of just sharing that but I felt so supported that she just knew how did your parents respond so I was, I was obviously like don't tell anyone but it was only when I had to go for my first CBT appointment because that's what I was recommended and it was about an hour away from where I live and my mom was obviously I needed the support that's why I realized I was like you know what I thought I could do this on my own but I can't like I need someone here with me just supporting me in that because you know just therapy as well there's a massive again just it's such a such an unknown space and I remember just saying to my mom I tried to be really blase about it I was just like hey mom um you know I'm just gonna be going to this place do you want to come with me like I'm going to have like (laughs) therapy and I was just like yeah you know I've just been feeling a little bit stressed and I was trying to basically control and minimize the response because I didn't want her to worry um but obviously she was just like hold up like what's going on what do you mean and then that's when we started having that conversation I could tell she was so shaken up she was really sad um and I just felt again you know you're just like I've put that on my mom so you just feel really bad and if I'm being really honest I don't think my dad knew until a good this is going to really shock you so (laughs) he didn't know until so this started in 2016 he didn't know until 2018 
Wow. Because that's when I got signed off from work. Oh my God, this is going on years then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it just, it never impacted. Like I was always able to bounce back. I was always able to cover it. Were you afraid of what your dad would think? I think I was more afraid because I couldn't communicate it properly because I didn't have that awareness. That awareness only came after I got signed off and I had to really just confront what was going on and I had to build up that awareness around it. I was massively afraid because he's a very, very strong character. And I was just like, am I going to be punished for this? That's literally what it was. Um, Am I going to be seen as that disappointment? Not only that, but also the reality is the anxiety is coming to you because you can't keep going on the path you're going. So there's the judgment for feeling this vulnerability at the moment, but then there's, I can't continue on the path I was on. So you're going to have to be okay with that. Exactly. This is where I got my confidence from, which I was lacking for so long is because when I realized I got to this point where I was like, it's only me that can really help myself. There's no one else around me. That's when my confidence came from just being like, you know what, I really can't care too much about what everyone else is saying, about what everyone else is thinking, because if I get swept up in that, I'm only going to get worse. So naturally, the environment at home also became a little bit provoking as well for my anxiety because there was a lot of tension. There's a lot of because so when I did get signed off first, it was just like, you know, maybe you just need a little bit of a break. You know, you have been working really hard. And I knew deep down this is not something because I initially got signed up for like four weeks and I was like, you're not going to be back in four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just the same. Knew. I was like, I'll oh, just take, take the long weekend. And I was like, Shh, okay, I don't think this is going to be the thing that makes it all better. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like, you know, maybe you just need to kind of like spend more time with your friends. You just need to like relax. So you're like, I've completely shut down. Like I cannot function. I cannot put one foot in front of the other. A hundred percent. I think when, I think they knew. So I'll tell you this moment that I always remember, which was that I got signed off and the next day, So, you know, everything is just completely gone. Your routine, everything is broken away, right? Because you're just like, what's going on? And I remember going into the shower, just a context leading up to this, what had happened was I was commuting um, into work and I was just so anxious. I couldn't get rid of this anxious feeling. And then I got into the lift to go up. And in this lift, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was like, there's no oxygen. And this lift was pretty full. And I was like, something's happening. I literally feel like all the air has been sucked out of this environment. And I was going to be going up to like level five, I think it was. And I got to level one and I had to press. And I literally remember just falling out the lift and I was on all fours. That is literally what happened. And everyone was around me. And I was like, that, that was the breaking point. I was on all fours, like literally by like, you know, like the reception area. Yeah. And that's where I was. And then I remember calling my sister and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't live like this. And then I had someone come pick me up from like London, went home. We just had to, you know, everyone was like, just, you know, just need to rest for that day. Um, and then it's when I had that appointment, she was just like, no, like you've literally had a breakdown. Because you weren't taking the the earlier signs of anxiety probably seriously enough. You, you found a way to live with them and, and have them there, but still be really high functioning and still tick all the boxes. And then the anxiety was like, hold on, you're not paying attention. Like we need to crank this up several notches. And it had to make you break down to stop. That's what it is. And that's why I always say, do not think that just because it's something that you can hush down for a second, it's not. It's silently, silently still going to work and then it's going to blow up until the point that you listen and that's what happened I had to get to the worst case scenario you mentioned in your email that your family at this point were getting like increasingly frustrated and just kind of wanting you to just sort of like snap out of it was that was that around this time so this probably happened after a couple of months when they saw because they just thought okay well this initial period of one month you know that's it should be back to it and everything will be good and when it wasn't happening and I kept going back you know and getting that form which was just like you know you were not fit to work still so it's probably around the two month mark because at this point so something that was really important was that I could not be left alone So I was struggling, like literally even to have a shower, I needed someone near me. So I needed to have, that's so interesting. Yeah, I needed to have my mom near me. She needed to be there while I was getting changed because I was just like, please don't go away. I couldn't, I struggled to go upstairs. So it's like once I was downstairs, that's where I was. That was it. The thought of going upstairs, I was like, my heart rate's going to go up. I'm going to get anxious. I'm too far away from everyone. That's literally how it was. I couldn't cook. I couldn't cook my own meals. Um, and it was just, re- everything was so heightened. I couldn't drive anywhere. I couldn't be around other people. So it was a really just, you were isolated from everything else. 
So they're seeing this and they are seeing me just transform. And in their eyes, they're seeing me go backwards. And they're just like, what is going on? Like, what has happened? Because for them, it's very much, you've gone from this to this, wherever I myself have experienced the gradual breakdown. Um, so for them, it was just like, what is going on? And of course, that's just going to completely perpetuate the anxiety. If you, if you feel like everyone's looking at you like you have two heads or that there's pressure on you to be better by tomorrow, that is, of course, going that's a threat to your mind and body as well. So you're just like, oh, God, we need to we need to be extra vigilant. It keeps you stuck on this loop of anxiety. You weren't going to get anywhere. I'm so interested to hear about how you you eventually <laughs> broke through this because it is so a, a phenomenal amount of pressure for one person to be under in a yeah. really tough environment and of course I mean I don't want this to sound disparaging towards your family they love you that's mm -hmm. the community you grew up in this like less focus on mental health and they want the, the absolute best for you but it's still the pressure cooker was just a lot because even when I was at bottom rock bottom I still had to try and show so I still was showing no 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 I'm good and I was still trying to be like I was still trying to be reassuring if that makes sense I was trying to reassure yeah. everyone else whereas I knew oh my god I never thought I was going to be at this place. And I would just sit there. I remember I would just sit there on the sofa. I was too scared to go out. I was scared to do anything. Um, but yeah, you know, there was definitely comments being made because when something like this is something that they don't understand, they tend to reject it. And they try to just use their own life experiences and they jump to their own assumptions and they use that to then for it to make sense. So for them, it was just like, oh, maybe you just can't handle you know, like me to can't handle what's going on. Like the corporate world, maybe it's too much. There was definitely, you know, references being made to being weak. Oh. Maybe you're just too sensitive. Is it attention seeking? You're making oh, up, right? And I know that, you know, that this is not in any ways me saying this to put down my family. No, 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 no. Because no. we have now, like, it's amazing that the, the journey that we just went through, but I'm saying it more because I know that other people are hearing this. Yes. And I need them to know, like, you cannot digest that. And it's not on you to try and change their perception or, or educate them on mental health. You really, it's so, it's an impossible situation, but you really have to try and, and separate yourself from other people's judgments. But it's, when you're already that worn down that emotionally drained it's impossible I mean so much awe of you that you're sitting here today telling me this story I still sometimes I'm like oh my god have I come out of that like I have to remind myself like I came out of that because it did take so long it took a good couple of years to really come out of that planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So when did things start to feel like, okay, I know that this is anxiety. I know this is what I'm dealing with. And I really need to confront now the various lifestyle factors that have brought me here and what changes am I going to make? It's when I started accepting what was happening. 
because for so long I was still just like this is something separate this is whatever it's going to do its own thing it's when I realized this is on me because when I was having anxiety I was just literally just like I was letting it just consume me and then I was just like I was thinking okay this happens and then that's it you just carry on and it was just like no like you are so much more empowered in this so naturally I started doing a lot of research around anxiety about panic attacks just educating myself I was just like, whatever it is that I think can just give me that glimmer of hope that they're going to help me. I was trying it all. Um, so I did a lot of that from home, which was naturally just like helping me just to think in a different way. And then I was starting to have like in-person sessions as well. So it was definitely more just when I opened myself up to this whole space of mental health and well-being and mindset and understanding like how serious it is and how powerful it is but it's such a it's a very slow process and you need such patience with yourself like people message me all the time being like like what's the one thing I can do now I'm like it's unfortunately (laughs) when you get to the point like look how long it took you to get to that point where you're on all fours it's going Mm -hmm. to take time to unwind all of that anxiety as well and there's not you're not just gonna walk like say oh I get it now I'm gonna walk out of the house and go night clubbing unfortunately your body is in a state of, of hyper vigilance which people find like a really hard pill to swallow it is and you know when you hear these things like obviously what I was really getting brought into was you know we just do six sessions and that's it so you're like okay great and then it's like okay I'm into my like 30th session right and you're just like okay that's what inspired me to write my book in the first place was because mm. there was so much out there that was saying the pill that would fix it all or unlock the secret to anxiety or look at me. I used to have panic attacks every day and then I did this and I, I've never had them again. And just enter your bank details. I did loads of treatments as well, being told like literally one session is all it takes and we're going to undo this. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. And I would walk into it being like, this is brilliant. I'd walk out of it believing that it had worked. And then later on in the middle of the night when I would be lying with my eyes open being like, oh my God, it's still there. That shit is so detrimental and so dangerous it is and also what it does is like essentially what I realized I was doing was I was giving my power to these people so what I started doing was I was like blaming it on them and I was like no way they owed me this they were they said they were going to do this and it gets so caught up in this thing about just put my power into their hands that then you don't take that power back so that's what a huge part of this was was really taking that journey into my own hands And something that I think is so important to mention is that I got so lucky. Like, honestly, I think about it so often. I got so lucky with a doctor that I that I saw she was also a Sikh woman and I was just first I was like oh my god when I went in I was like she's gonna say all sorts she's gonna say so many different things but she was one of the most amazing factors in why I got better as well because so I come a family I come from a family that's very like in the in the healthcare space so there's a lot of people in the medical field so naturally what I was being told was you know you know I think if you try the medication I think it will get you better and she was there and she literally was just like if you want to do this just basically know that you're numbing yourself and maybe you need to learn the coping mechanisms so she was all for it and I had situations where literally my family were like getting in touch with her to be like you need to tell her to go on the medicines it's going to make her feel better and she never did any of that like she literally was just like this is your own thing that you need to figure out because if you don't come back from this and if you don't fully know how to adopt coping mechanisms that are going to keep you in check if this ever happens again it's going to be 200 times worse um so she was such an important factor so I always was like I'm going to do this the natural way I think I know I need to lean in because for so many years I just haven't and the time has come to do that um, and so what it was that I literally started doing was that I just had to take a look at every single thing, how I'd been raised, what were the values that were embedded in me? And then where I like, so I had what I was brought up with and what was ascribed to me, but then what I genuinely believed. And that's what I had to connect with was what I, what do I believe? What do I want for myself? How do I want to feel? What is it that I prioritize? Do I prioritize, you know, really just trying to, kill it in this corporate space and the way that I was living was like neglecting my family my friends my social life all this kind of stuff and I had to go through all of that and I had to understand where was it that I wanted to be and how was I going to bridge that gap so it was undoing a lot of these limiting habits that's what it was a lot of the way I was acting was just habitual I wasn't really questioning a lot of the things it was just moving through the motions so now it's becoming so incredibly aware every single day and creating that space to think before I'm doing something and before I'm committing to something so that's what this journey basically became about it was looking at every single thing and just understanding what wasn't in alignment with who I really was that's such a big part of it because I didn't know who I was 
I knew who I was expected to be, but who was I? And I know that sounds like it's such a big statement, but it really was just rediscovering myself again. And when you felt empowered enough to say, actually, I know what I want to do. And I know mm-hmm. that this is, this fits this, all of what you had in your mind serves you better. Then you have to go and explain that to your family who are yeah. going to have to accept that you're not going to just slop right back into the yeah. perfect Sikh woman. So how did they react then? How, how, and how did things improve with your family now? Yes, like, do you know what? When you build up this solid mindset of I know why I'm doing something, it becomes, it became so much more easier for me to communicate that to everyone else. So actually that part was on my end way more easy. I was just like, yep, I'm not going back to that. I'm not going back to what I was doing. This is what I'm going to do. And I actually started out with a blog because I was like, I'm going to start this up. I'm going to start sharing my experiences. And slowly, slowly it started to evolve. And what was really good was that I never knew what the end result was going to be. It was literally this journey of just like discovery. So when I'm telling them, (laughs) I think one really big thing is learning how to communicate certain things because what I've learned and something that I teach others is, you know, like everyone has a preferred way of absorbing information. So it was really important for me to understand how everyone in my family was processing things. And for them, like for me, I understand better just by like speaking in the more auditory kind of like format, whereas for them, they needed to see things. Um, so when I start showing them stuff, it was just making a bit more sense. Um, but to be honest with you, I think they obviously had their opinions and they were very, very supportive, but it was more that, how to explain this, it didn't really matter to me too much anymore, That's which was so liberating that I was just like yeah you can have your opinions because everyone's gonna have their perception the perception isn't the truth always right but I know my truth so I know why I'm doing this and that for me made it so much more easy I walked away from so many things in my life and I just had to start from scratch again basically but it was all about just rebuilding yourself back in the way that's right for you something that people listening to this will be like, oh my God, they might be in the position where they're having them panic attacks every day or twice a day. And they're thinking, am I always going to be this way? How are you feeling now? How am I feeling? Do you know what? I think I always just say, I just feel like I'm completely aligned. That's why I always say, I, that's what it is. I think I talk a lot about congruence and I can firmly say that the way that I think the things that I believe in, the things that I do, my actions, everything, it's all in sync. And that for me is what's so important. There's no conflict. I'm so comfortable in my own skin. I'm so confident now just to tell everyone else because a lot of the times when I was kind of making this transition, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, you're going from like, you know, you're working in the legal space and now doing something else and they want to have their own comments about that. And it just doesn't get to me. And instead, I'm just so passionate and proud. I tell them, yeah, this is what I'm working on. I never have this notion of having to justify myself to anyone ever you're such a strong person and obviously look I mean anxiety can still rear its head we still can have stress in our lives and once you have that self-awareness your anxiety will always come back and tell you when it needs to tell you if, if you're kind of pushing yourself too much is it something that you feel like is just in the background these days or barely even felt it's not there like if I'm completely honest it 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 has gone. Like I always get worried because, you know, you have that thing where you're just like, wait, where has it gone? Because this was part of me for so long. And you're just like, where is it? It wasn't this thing that you just wake up one day and it's gone. It is a slow, gradual process. But no, it's not there. Like, I think I've just learned. Yeah, I've not touched wood. I've not had. There were certain things that happened in my life that were very, very stressful. And whenever I felt that trickle coming back, I knew what to do. So I knew how to implement things and I knew what it was that was going to help just nip these in the bud. That's what's so powerful. It's like, I always think like, you should never think, oh my God, touch wood, it never comes back. None of that. It's more, if it does come back, I'm equipped and I'm empowered and I know exactly what to do. Yeah, and, and it will because life is stressful and things happen and your body is, when it has an anxious response, it's doing its job and it's meant to. So it's not about switching off this part of your brain that is capable of feeling fear or overwhelm. You don't want that. But now like you have the awareness, you've been through so much, you know what works for you, what doesn't. Before I ask you about some of your more professional advice, your five pillars of your coaching, I would love to ask you how you advise Having had to navigate this for yourself, people struggling with anxiety, and I got a lot of messages saying, I understand it myself, but I'm my my parents or my boyfriend or whoever really doesn't get it and just thinks yeah. that I'm being ridiculous. How is it such an ancillary source of anxiety for people? How would someone start in trying to 
help someone around them understand yeah it just like this has definitely come in with what I've learned from like the NLP side of things which is all about understanding how someone is learning that's what it comes down to is everyone absorbs information in different ways so it's all about looking at the way that they're saying because you know when people are saying things like well I can't see what you mean it's really the simple things it's like okay this means I have to show them so it's like with me I'll be really honest like you know because for me I just kept on explaining I kept on explaining because for me that's what made sense my parents saw it for them it clicked on the day that I I just to be honest with you I just didn't hide it anymore so they saw they saw that panic attack and they saw one of the worst ones there was one that was so bad that I woke up in my sleep and I was having one and I literally was like I'm gone this is it it's game over and I literally was like I'm done and I remember saying to my mom I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to put you through all this. Tell other people, you know, and I started literally talking as if it was that was my last moment on this world. And that's when I think it clicked for my family. They had to see it because they saw that. So I think that is what my biggest piece of advice is, is don't try and hide it just show it completely for what it is try and speak up about what it is that you're feeling and try these different things because some people it might be yeah we need to we need to hear you really break this down and explain it for me to understand it it might be showing it and that's for me is what I've seen is just showing it has been so much more powerful so you're you started peace over panic blog I love the name and now (laughs) you are a mindset coach working to help others given your background the the empathy that you will have for others and the the understanding is so powerful really quickly I want to just go through I want to leave the listener with obviously you've given them so much already such an inspiring story like I'm so impressed with how you've managed to really guide yourself through such a tough situation and getting to that point of just being so confident of knowing what's right for you like that Mm. that's an incredible incredible achievement to be that aligned with yourself so you should really be I hope you're so proud I am but you have five pillars to your coaching can we just really quickly run through them from one to five and just give it one little tip for each yeah sure so yeah I have five pillars which basically reflects my own journey so number one is identifying the root of conflict so everyone has this thing where they're just like I don't know where it's coming from I don't know where I'm feeling yeah you do it's just embedded and it's just hidden and tucked under so many different layers of just life so that is the number one step that we need to take is identify the root what is it that's causing me to feel like this because once you identify this it becomes something tangible and you can work with it so that's a massive thing because it sets you off with a really really good place with where to work and what to focus on the second thing is managing your anxiety symptoms using natural steps I'm a huge huge advocate of natural steps and just really really small things so like breath work like which people probably hear that all the time but it's so so powerful and for me and what's really important in empowering my clients is that no matter where you are in the world you are not dependent on something else to make you feel better that you are equipped with these really small exercises and techniques that can help you just really calm yourself down and so it doesn't take over the whole entirety of your day so that's a huge one number three is this communication mastery so again what we were talking about earlier which is how do I communicate this to those around me even just in your in your work environment how do I vocalize this and also for yourself it's very important that you're aware of your self dialogue because that flows into so many different things Um, also taking a step forward is a fulfillment analysis that's what I was doing when I was trying to understand what is not aligned what is not you know congruence and just trying to make sure that your passions your beliefs your goals and your actions are all aligned so it's literally taking a look at every element of your life from your relationship to your friendships to your work your family dynamic your health looking at every single thing and trying to identify what is it that needs to be worked on Um, and then finally it's all about priming the mind for transformation and breaking old habits like I mentioned before a lot of what we're doing is just going through the motions it's habitual but what this essentially is is just challenging the quality of your thoughts which is a huge thing because we tend to just accept our thoughts for what they are And we can't do that, right? Because we have like 6,000 thoughts like a day. You can't be absorbing like every single thing that's coming from them. Um, And something that I talk about a lot is perception versus reality, you know, because obviously we all break down the world around us very differently. And what we are responding to is our own version of reality. And sometimes we need to step out of that and think, wait, am I just getting caught up in the habitual way that I've been thinking 
as opposed to what is the reality of the situation. So those just in a nutshell are the five steps. It's yeah, so, so helpful. I'm curious as well, before I let you go, since you've, you've started the blog and you've been helping other people, have you connected with a lot more people from the C community who experienced similar? Um, yes. So that is something that I am so excited about ever since I have been talking about it more on Instagram, because that's kind of where I'm putting out a lot of my work. It has been amazing to see how many different men and women are both like all, all talking about this concept and they're all speaking about their own experiences. So yeah, it's been amazing. Like I connected with two other women from a South Asian background and now we've set up our own kind of organization called unfiltered which is literally just having these unfiltered conversations and just opening up the table to speak up about everything so from drug addiction alcohol abuse to fertility mental health like there's so many different things so we've opened that up together which I'm so excited about um and we've also been we started up our own podcast as well which is really really exciting um but then there's also just been a lot of crossover yeah within the community um so that's been really amazing because we are a really collaborative culture um we just haven't always been when it comes to the stuff that's a bit more sensitive so to see that we're bridging that gap and we're all coming together and supporting each other in that has been absolutely amazing you're doing incredible work and you have been on an incredible journey and this is only the beginning thank you so much for your time and let people know how to find you on instagram yeah, sure. So you can connect with me um, at nav underscore Sohampool um, on Instagram. Um, that's where you can just see a little bit more of my work. Um, and you can also just book in just if you want to have a little chat just about anything that you've got going on. There's also a link in my bio there. So you can just um, head over to nav underscore Sohampool on Instagram and you'll find me there. Amazing. And I will put that link in the episode notes so people can click right into it. Thank you so much for joining me. You are a proof that vulnerability really is your greatest strength when you're willing to tap into it and lean into it. I can't wait to share this episode. I know it's going to be helpful for so many people. And yeah, well done for just being a legend. <laughs> thank you. Honestly, thank you so much for just giving me this platform as well, just to really vocalize something like that. So, you know, it's been absolutely amazing just speaking with you today. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.